welcome to Real Life Discussions with Pastor Rodney. And uh, we're excited about today. God's got some good things to speak to us. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 28. I'm going to read kind of fast. My wife asked me not to, but I've got a place to get to. And we're going to try to keep within our time limit of 30 minutes. I wrote down here, discerning and fulfilling God's will and purpose for your life is a basic requirement for your success and fulfillment in life. Now, all these things that we're talking about, uh, we will go in depth after September. Uh, Again, you'll hear some of this stuff back over. But I just feel like this is something that we need to share with you to lay a good foundation so when we relaunch real life that uh, you'll see where we're going and what we're doing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 28, David is talking to a salt. Huh? 1 Chronicles, yes. Chapter 28, verse 10 and also 20. David is talking to Solomon. He's giving him a plan to build the sanctuary. In verse 10, it says this. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build the house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Verse 20 says, And David said to to his son Solomon, Be strong and be of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you uh, until you have finished all the work for the, saint, uh, for the service of the house of the Lord. Now, David gives the plan completely to Solomon. God has given this plan to David by the Spirit. Plans for the upper and, cha- uh, upper and inner chambers, the place of the mercy seat for all the stuff of the house of the sanctuary, and for the direction for the priest. I mean, David has spent time with God. And he says, this is the plan. Aren't you excited that God gives plans? God desires to speak to you and to give you a plan. Now, in verse 12, it says this. And then the plans for all that he had by the Spirit. You and I want plans by the Spirit of God. To me, that's important. Don't you think so? Plans for your personal life, plans for your church. And I believe God is speaking to me as your pastor. Plans for this church, for the future. And I'm excited about the future for real life. I think we're going to see some awesome things begin to occur. But look down here some more. Of the courts of the house of the Lord for all the chambers all around, of the treasures of the house of God, and of the treasures for all the dedication of things. David give him everything. He give him the resources. He had saved back the money. Now, one thing that Teresa and I have been taught throughout ministry, what God calls, God will bring the resources to. I'm a person who believes that we're going to begin to see resources. When we relaunch real life, we're going to begin to see the resources begin to flow through this church. We're going to see some things before then, but I believe we're going to really see some things when we say we're relaunching in September. We're going to see the attendance grow. We're going to see the finances grow. We're going to be able to do some things that God has called us to do. Because we, I believe that God's given us some things by the Spirit. And we've got to obey what the Spirit says. Amen? See, our spirit knows things our head don't know. And we've got to live by the Spirit of God. We've got to hear and follow the, you know, the Spirit of God. Teresa told me years ago, because we moved and we moved and we moved. And that's what happens when you're a pastor. She said, I, I'll go anywhere you want to go as long as you tell me God told you to do it. And I believe as a pastor, you all will be willing to follow me in any direction God tells me to go 
if you know God spoke to me. Amen? And then we're going to discuss some things in a few moments. Turn to Malachi chapter 4. I'm moving fast. I'm reading fast. I'm sorry. Then we're going to go to Ezekiel in a few moments too. Oh, it went too far. Malachi chapter 4. Well, I went too far again. This is what happens when you need to slow down. Did I get an amen from this? There it is. Four. And we're going to read one through two. And it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountain. And it shall be exalted above the hills. All the people shall flow to it. Flow to it. All the people shall what? Flow to it. I believe God's going to have people begin to flow to real life. I believe they're going to be driving by and they might be going somewhere else and God will have them turn into this place. It's happened many times in other churches and I believe it's going to happen in this church. In Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 25, goes along with that to me. And it says, And I am the Lord and I speak and the word which I speak will come to pass. It will no longer be postponed. For in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the Lord, I will say the word and perform it, saith the Lord. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, look, the house of Israel is saying, The vision that, that he seeth is for many days from now. And he prophesies of times far off. Therefore say to them, This saith the Lord of God, None of my words will be postponed anymore. For the words which I speak will be done, saith the Lord. I believe people's going to flow. I believe things that's been spoken over this church, good things, because we, we have bind all the bad stuff. I believe the good things, people are going to begin to flow to this church. The word flow means as a flow of water. It also means abundance. Abundance. We're going to turn around and there it is. Amen. God's going to speak, and we're going to turn around, and we're going to begin to see God move. Now, I love Joshua chapter 6. Don't turn there for the sake of time. I'm going to just glance very quickly. But in Joshua chapter 6, I love this. We talked about this vision. We're going to go back over the vision again when we relaunch real life. But in Joshua chapter 6, God speaks to Joshua. And he says, now see, I've given you the city. Now, did Joshua see with his eyes? No. He saw something in his heart. He saw it on the inside. See, I will say this, you got to see it in here before you ever see it out here. Now, if you watch some of the podcasts and some of the YouTube videos, one thing that God spoke to me about this year, you got to see it, you got to say it, and then you seize it. That is a word for real life. I mean, real life. That is a word for us today. That is a word for us to begin to flow with. You got to what? See it, say it, then you seize it. You'll begin to see God move supernaturally in your life, in your personal life. I know Teresa speaks things over herself every day as she goes to work. But you got to see it in here, folks. 
You've got to get excited. Now, God spoke to Joshua, and he shared it. And then the people amened it and began to do it. See, there's something special about covenant and partnership. People at Real Life here, we're in covenant together. We're in partnership. We need to begin to realize that's something God's given us. He's given us partnership together. I love that better than membership. It's a stronger word than membership. Partnership. See, we need to be in covenant or partnership to do what God has told us to do. Covenant, literally, a coming together, a meeting of agreement of the minds, a mutual consent or agreement of two or more persons, of contract, the covenant of works. We're here to get some things done for the kingdom. To enter into a formal agreement to bind oneself by contract, to grant or promise by covenant. God has in covenant with us. He's promised some things to us. And you know one thing about it? When he makes a promise, he keeps it. See, he's given us the covenant. If we do what he tells us to do, we're going to see the anointing. We're going to see the gifts of God. We're going to see the gifts of ministry. God tells us there's different avenues of ministry. There's five-fold ministry. We have not seen them operate in years. People, how long has it been since you saw an apostle? Some of you couldn't handle it. They rebuke you. They put you in your place. They put pastors in their place. We don't like that one. We like an evangelist to blow in, blow up, and blow out. We like a pastor if we can control it. God, I'm preaching good now. But here I'm telling you that I believe that in covenant relationship with God, you will begin to see ministry gifts. I believe real life is going to begin to see it, say it, and seize it, and we're going to begin to see the fivefold ministry operate in this church. And one good thing that we've got to realize, if you're in partnership, you're going to have a receptive heart. You're going to receive the Word of God, even if it's rebuke. Do you know sometimes I preach when I'm up here preaching to you, and God shares a word, I'm saying, ouch, on the inside of me. Because it's a God-given things. See, there is power in partnership. Partners take on the responsibility, also shares the benefits. Are you in partners with God? Just think about it. He shares your responsibilities, and you share his benefits. See, Joshua didn't take the city. The people did. Shoulder to shoulder. But for that to happen... We need to love like God loves and speak the truth in love and change not. We've got to operate in what God has told us to operate in. I pastored a church not very far from this church years ago. Years ago. It's shut down now. And God, when I I say this, Teresa will say, I remember that. God give me a word. And I have thought about that word for a long time. And when I read it, you'll know what it is. But today, he rebuked me. Have you ever been rebuked by the Holy Spirit? He said, Rodney, that word was not for that church. He said, that word was for you and for every place you go. Aren't you happy God speaks to you? In January, February, March the 10th, 1999, he gave me this word. I don't know about you, but I write things down or have her write things down. And she'll know this. 
I would get up and say, we're a yoke-destroying, family-building, World Harvest Church. He said, Rodney, that's for the church you pastor. So I want everybody to say this to me. Say, yoke-destroying, family-building, World Harvest Church. I've got down here, yoke-breaking or destroying, family-changing or building, World Harvest Church. Do you know right now we touch more areas than any church probably, a lot of churches in this area does, through our missions, through what Pastor Don does? We touch more people. I was pastor of a bigger church when God gave me this word, and we're a smaller church than that church was, and we're doing more to touch the world. And I sat there and said, that's, he said, that's for you. That's what your calling is. That's what your church is called to do. And then he gave me this word, in March, around the 10th, 21. And it builds on what he gave me in 99. And I've shared this with you. How to accomplish being a yoke-destroying family-building Ward Harvest Church? Number one, the Word. Our focus here at Real Life is going to be the Word. You're going to get the Word. You're not going to leave here without the Word of God. Number two, the anointing. You're not going to accomplish nothing without the anointing. And I know I can never do nothing without the anointing. Number three, and if you look back, I've done this throughout my ministry, but God just spoke to me this back in March, just clearly. And then he put it all together this morning. Faith. You're going to be taught faith. Quit blaming God for everything that goes on in your life. That's a religious cop-out. Come on, I'm preaching now. That's a religious cop-out. God, now listen to me. God's done about all He's going to do. He's given you the Word now to begin to stand on to confess to change your surroundings. You call those things that be not as though they are. The Bible talks about it in Mark. He tells you to declare it. Call it out. Whatever the Word says you can have, you can have. It's there for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to heal you. He wants to do great things in your family. It's in the Word. And you know what the Bible says? He's no respect of a person. What he done for one, he'll do it for you. He don't look and say, Joe's my favorite, forget you. I don't see that nowhere in the Word. And through faith, all things, everybody say all. You know what all means? All all things are possible to them that believe. How do you overcome everything in this world? Through your faith, the Bible says. If you've been listening to the, to the YouTube videos, you know this. Faith. So if we're going to be a yoke-destroying, family-building, world harvest church, it's got to be the Word, it's got to be anointing, it's got to be faith. And this one, no particular order. I need all of you to pray. Not your will, but God's will. How do you pray God's will? Number one is you pray in the Spirit. Or you pray the word. Pray in the spirit or pray the word. Don't say, oh me. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you're an overcomer. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. You are the head and not the tail. You're blessed going in, blessed going out. You're above and not beneath. Hallelujah. Begin to declare in prayer what the word says about you. Begin to declare what God says about this church. 
Next time we get together, we do it together, and we're going to talk about house ministry. Pastor can't do it all. It takes us working together as a team. And I do, and I, I was out, outside thanking Corey for what they do around this church, and Michelle, I texted her said, hey, take care of the back, I'll take care of the front. She said, okay, got it. And listen, it's just not her responsibility, and, and, and Corey's to take care of the back. It's a team effort. Now, some folk can't do a lot around the church. We understand that, but you can pray, praise God. And you can come and you can show with a big smile on your face, welcoming people and telling them you love them. You know, helps me just somebody greeting some people at the door, telling them where the kids' class is at, showing them where the bathroom is, taking them and say, hey, sit beside Billy Bob here. He loves talking to people. This is where you need to sit. Connect them with somebody. That's helps ministry. Be outside waving at people. Even if they drive by, hey, how you doing? You don't know. They might turn in and say, that's a happy-go-lucky church right there. Come on. And the next one, God, God told me this this morning. He said, if people will begin to receive the word, desire the anointing, walk in faith and in prayer, he said this one, he said, I'll bring everything you need on this one. The next one, you need to praise and worship God in spite of no matter what you've got on this stage. I mean, you need, if we use YouTube videos, you need to get up and dance around before God, thank God, worship God, magnify God. You do it at home. I don't think you have a whole choir there. Do it here. Do it when you walk into real life. Have a shout, praise God. Have a dance before God. But those are things that God gave me today. He shared it with me again three months ago, back in 99. But today he kind of put it together. He said, write this down. I went back and found my notes from back in 99. And pulled that. I wanted exactly what he spoke to me. And then he said, write these down. And I shared the same thing with Teresa a couple weeks ago. I think I shared it a little bit with you all even last week or last month when we done a gathering. And... He said, put this together. He said, that's how the yoke destroying, family building, World Harvest Church is going to operate, is that people will do this. Now, we can do, if we can say we're going to do it, but the big thing is to do it. And that takes unity. That's really a key for today. Unity, the unity of the church was clearly recognized from the first. John 17 and 21, this is Jesus. That they all may be one as you, Father, like are in me and I in you. That they also may be one as us. That the world may believe that you, that I was sent by you. Other words he's saying here, everybody needs to be as one. The devil knows that if people walk together in unity, there's nothing he can keep from them. He'll fight them. But there's no way this church cannot grow if we do, if we walk in unity. It's got to grow. And the Bible says, listen, the Bible says he fits the body together. Faith without works is dead. You've got to invite people. You've got to encourage people. And you've got to be excited about when you do it. And if you're doing that, that is faith in action. And you've got to believe that God's going to begin to bring them. They may even tell you, no, I'm not coming. The next Sunday when we relaunch real life, you may see them. Faith without works. You've got to do something. Faith mingled with works. Blended together. You all that couldn't know what blending together means. You've got to have faith mingled with works. You've got to do it together. 
Unity, oneness. The state of being in agreement. Unity of doctrine. Unity of faith. Unity of the Spirit. We may disagree on some things. But, you don't go out and talk to people about it. You say, okay, I'm going to be united by Spirit. I'm going to be united by, I'm just going to spend time praying in the Spirit about this. I'm going to spend time in the Word about this. Because I know one thing about me and Pastor, we're united in the Spirit. We may have, you know, different personalities. You back there's got different personalities than I do. You and Buddy's got different personalities. Teresa's got a different personality than I do. And, but we're connected by the Spirit. We're connected by Spirit. But if I ask you all to do something one way or do something, you might do it different than me. The main thing, as long as it gets done. And anybody, anybody, there's different ways to get there. And some people will say, I'm going to do it this way. Well, that's fine. But you would prefer it done that way. Well, that's fine. Don't go out and blab about it. Just say, hey, we can accomplish the goal. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 6 and 11 through 6 and 1 Peter 4 and 8, 1 Peter 4 and 8 talks about that love will cover a multitude of sin. Love. Agape love. If you're going to walk by faith, you've got to have the agape love. That means unconditional. Unconditional. Now, in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, 11 and 6, talks about walking in unity. Walking together. It talks about the bond of peace. I'm not going to read it. Read it during your own time. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time. But read it about the bond of peace. Peace is what bonds us together. I'm going to walk in peace, Father. I'm going to walk in peace. Now, I've been married to Teresa for how long this year? 30? 34 years this year. And she's had to walk in peace, and I've had to walk in peace sometimes. Because that bonds us together. She may disagree with what I've done, and I may disagree with what she does. But I don't need to come to church and tell everybody I disagree with what Teresa's done. Then tell you how awesome she is. Come on. But we do that. We go, man, our church is awesome, but I disagree with everything Pastor does. Hallelujah. Come and visit our church. Woo! Come and be part of real life. Come on. But we do that. That's flesh. That's where you got to begin to walk in unity and walk by faith. Walk by faith. Believe God's got it under control. God's got the back. If Pastor Roddy's doing it wrong, you know what? If you pray according to the word, not your will, you pray in the spirit, God will work all that out. Many times I've had to correct myself. I have got in front of churches and apologized. Because I said, I messed up here, guys. I went the wrong direction. This is what we're supposed to be doing. But you know what? If I pinch myself... If I cut myself, I bleed. I'm human. No pastor's God. Amen. But also pastors do listen to advice. And I do that. I got ministers I call. I got Pastor Don. I got other people I call and I listen to their advice. I I get information from them before I I make a decision. That's the way it's supposed to be. Come on. Now, as we close, this is what I want to get. There's so much here. Honestly, look here. I I come prepared to preach for two days. Um, my dad had me come and preach one time. He said, now, we're going to, it's a uh, watch night service. He said, we're going to 12, then we're going to eat. I said, praise God. And then we started at 8. He said, now, you go as long as you can. 
And then I'll take over and finish it out. I said, praise God. Sounds good to me. He never took over. Never took over until it was time to pray for the food. I went the whole three to four hours. So don't tell me I can't do it. In Psalms, let's close with this. Go to Psalms. Psalms. In Psalms 133, verse 1 and 3. Behold how good, that means right and proper. I say, behold how good and how pleasant it is, delightful, for brethren and sister to dwell together in unity. Now, there's something about unity. There's something about it. See, there's a place for blessing, there's a place for the anointing, there's a place for the the anointing, and that is the place of unity. If we want to see God move in real life, we've got to have this. And it goes on and says, It is like the the precious oil upon the head, running down the head and the beard of Aaron. See, Aaron was the high priest. He was special. That's what his calling. I've got it here in my notes. All priests were anointed... But the high priest received a great abundance and overflowing to the skirt of his garments. When they anointed him to be the high priest, they took the oil, they put it on top, and it ran until the ground was saturated. I know what you is that kind of anointing you want. Well, he says if you got unity, a church, a family can have this. I know what you, that's what I want. Because the devil cannot stand to be around the anointing. Hallelujah. He will run from you. He will run from your family. He'll run from your finances. He'll run from your body if you will allow the anointing of God. Run down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon. Now, that's a mountaintop. Now, on that mountaintop, there's two of them. There's three peaks. And two of them rise above nine thousand feet now some people would go up there and get ice and bring it down to have like a refrigerator kind of situation so this was known this was something special and they're also saying this is where the transformation with jesus and you had peter and you had james and you had john this is basically they they feel bible scholars this is where it happened So this was important. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. That's where dew would run down through the valleys from that mountaintop. And it would take care of dry places. He's saying in this scripture, if you have unity, you can bring life to dry places. Communities can get saved and healed just because you are there. I don't want you, but that's exciting. God desires for real life to be a beacon of hope in this area. Yeah, there's bigger churches. We're not looking to be the biggest churches, but we're looking for the church where the anointing can flow, the word of faith can be, where the word will be preached, where people will will, uh, walk in unity, people will uh, praise and worship God. We are looking for that. And allowing God to do everything God desires to do. I don't know about you, but that's what I believe in that God wants here at Real Life.
Everybody say this with me one more time. Yoke destroying. Burden lifting. World Harvest Church. And we're going to do this how? Through the word. Everybody say word. The anointing. Faith. Prayer. And praise and worship. Even if we have no one to lead us. God will bring them. Don't you believe that? Was that okay for today? Listen, I love you and I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here today. And everybody, listen, we appreciate you so much. And if you miss today, we want you to know that we all love you. And we just pray a blessing upon you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come in your presence, we thank you for the people at Real Life. Lord, the ones that could not be at our gathering today, we speak healing. We speak anointing. We speak breakthrough in their life today, Father. And Lord, the ones that are here, we speak the same thing over them, Father. We thank you that you are doing supernatural things in their life and that you are transforming them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...